The following is a production of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary and is made possible by the generous financial support of our listeners and friends. For more information about the seminary, how you can support it, or applying to become a student, please visit gpts.edu. Hello and welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. My name is Zach Groff, and I'm your host for the podcast, also Director of Advancement and Admissions here at GPTS. I have with me on the line two of my friends, Charlie Nave and Bruce Kirby. Men, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Happy to be here. Charlie Nave is a ruling elder at Christ the King Presbyterian Church in Roanoke, Virginia, a congregation of the Blue Ridge Presbytery of the Presbyterian Church in America. His family has been at Christ the King since 2008, and professionally, he is an attorney specializing in the defense of civil rights of nonprofit organizations. I've had him on the podcast in the past to speak about the organization which he leads and is representing today, more in the PCA, and I am delighted to have him back. Bruce Kirby is a member of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida, a congregation of the Southwest Florida Presbytery of the PCA. Bruce is the point person for Covenant's recently launched Firm Foundation partnership effort, which shares a great deal of affinity with more in the PCA, which we'll find out about uh, during this episode. Gentlemen, I'm really glad that you're joining me today. The topic or the topics for today's podcast are the common goals and complementary methods of these two organizations, which these men represent, more in the PCA and the Firm Foundation partnership. And Charlie, I'm going to kick it off, uh, kick off the conversation with you, recognizing that we have had an entire podcast episode dedicated to more in the PCA in the past. Would you remind us in just a sentence or two of why your organization exists? We're here to get uh, ruling elders more involved in the courts of the church. We're trying to get uh, ruling elders uh, to go to presbytery and especially to general assembly by, uh, taking away the financial uh, hurdles uh, that a lot of uh, ruling elders face. There are many other hurdles, but we can help with the financial hurdle. Excellent. And who's involved uh, with more in terms of leadership? Who's on your board? What are the rules for being on the board? How does that work? This is ruling elders helping ruling elders, basically. Uh, I'm a ruling elder, of course, and uh, my other two uh, board members are also ruling elders, uh, Brad Isbell and DJ Semino, uh, who are both um, laboring in the vineyard in Tennessee. Excellent. Now, Bruce, since I haven't had you on in the past, I won't limit you to just one or two sentences, but tell us in a nutshell, what is the reason for the Firm Foundation partnership? Well, the leadership at Covenant and Lakeland has been observing over the years a very steady decline in biblical doctrine and worship in the PCA. This has, again, been a longtime concern of ours. And if you look at the 2010 GA, you see these issues surfacing in the strategic plan that was presented by Brian Chappell and in the big tent speech that was given by Tim Keller at that General Assembly. So we're very concerned about doctrine and worship in the PCA and also the cultural issues, the attendant cultural issues that seem to be taking over as priorities in the PCA. These issues are undergirded by critical theory and social justice, and they surface in the PCA in the form of women's ordination, ordination of celibate homosexuals, et cetera. So because of these concerns and these priorities that we see becoming very common in the PCA and actually undermining the ministry of our denomination, we have decided or the session of the church has decided to address these issues through the Firm Foundation Partnership. 
I'll make the point right here that this is not peculiar to the PCA. We see this in other evangelical denominations. The same things are happening there that are happening in the PCA. And essentially, it's an incursion of cultural priorities into the church. Now, you've mentioned the session of Covenant in Lakeland there. Um, I know they're involved in leadership and accountability. Uh, you're the point person. You're executing the vision that they're laying out. Are there any other individuals who are overseeing this work, or is it solely the session? And I guess for those who are unfamiliar with Covenant, how many men are on this session? Uh, what are we talking about in terms of uh, involvement of actual elders? Yes, we have a large session. We have 29 men on the session. I need to emphasize at this point, I think that all 29 men were unanimous in their support of Firm Foundation Partnership. Uh, there was a meeting called session meeting that took place last October in which they reviewed uh, the issues in the PCA. Uh, they reviewed an action plan uh, that I presented. And uh, at the end of that three-hour meeting, uh, they were 100% supportive of what we're doing. So it's a large session. They're unanimous in their support uh, of Firm Foundation Partnership. For those who are not familiar with how sessions work, it really is remarkable uh, when a, a session of that size can vote unanimously about something like this, this particular project where the inherent risks are so obvious in terms of you know what what you could be what kind of blowback you could be receiving for taking a strong stand for truth and trying to push back against perceived errors and uh, and missteps in the denomination bruce the firm foundation partnership exists to push back against those kinds of errors which you've mentioned uh, what the website calls new liberalism in the pca how exactly do you all intend to do that and what are you encouraging others to do in partnership with you, since this is a partnership we're talking about? Well, first, we probably need to define new liberalism. Uh, it's not the same as the classic liberalism of the last century that Machen and others addressed, uh, but it's related. Classic liberalism was essentially about denying the deity of Christ, the incarnation, the virgin birth, miracles, etc. The new liberalism is not that at all. It's more focused on uh, social issues, sex, gender, and race issues, supported by critical theory and social justice. Um, we also see, and I think this is even more important, the diminishing of the importance of doctrine and worship. Uh, I mentioned Tim Keller's Big Tent speech, which uh, we think diminishes very significantly the importance of doctrine and Brian Chappell's presentation of missional priorities in the strategic plan uh, in 2010 also, same General Assembly that diminishes both the, uh, the importance of doctrine and worship uh, for PCA churches. So um, with that definition, our uh, intention is simply to activate congregants in PCA churches to address these concerns. We want to inform them about what's going on, and we want them to do more than just be un, uh, do more than just be informed, but to also uh, talk with their <coughs> pastors and ruling elders about these issues and see where they stand, and uh, if they're in disagreement with their 
with their stance on these issues, then we want to give them an opportunity to uh, seek some recourse with regards to uh, these issues. So you're hoping that congregants, lay people, um, bring up these conversation topics with their pastors, with their elders, in a peaceable manner, not in a contentious, rabble-rousing right. kind of way. Uh, and, and your website serves to do that by being a clearinghouse of, of good, reformed, biblical resources, as well as having some action steps and, and some questions that might be asked. Now, are you also prepared to provide support and guidance personally, um, not just you, but also others there involved with Firm Foundation Partnership in Lakeland? Um, are you prepared to provide personal support and guidance to people who may contact you? Or is, is that something that at this point you all are not inviting folks to do? No, we're, we're definitely inviting folks to do that. I think on multiple uh, places on the website, we encourage them to get in touch with us. If they don't understand uh, the documentation or the critiques that we offer, and um, if they're talking with their pastor and they've hit a point where they're, they haven't decided where their pastor stands and they'd like to talk about um, their Q&A with their pastor or with their ruling elders, they're welcome to get in touch with us too by email and we'll respond and help them uh, any way that we can. Got it. Now, Bruce, how will people hear about the Firm Foundation Partnership and your principal tool, this website you've been referring to, which is simply firmfoundationpartnership.com? Well, there are two means presently. We just had an ad uh, on the back cover of World Magazine that directs people to the website, uh, and that's uh, probably something that we're not going to do again, but we're uh, kicking off the opening of the website with that ad. From this point on, uh, folks can uh, subscribe to News and Views, which is a Facebook page where we post daily about PCA and broadly evangelical issues as well. We have about 1,900 subscribers to that uh, News and Views page at this point. And, um, and that's growing uh, very steadily. I think most of those subscribers are PCA people. So they simply go on Facebook and search news and views concerning the PCA, and they'll find that page. And we'll, again, we post daily on that page. The other opportunity to stay informed is through our e-newsletter, which is called News Notes. Uh, we publish it periodically, uh, roughly about every 10 days. We'll send out updates and, um, and include articles and quotations and helpful news about the PCA. We have about 1,100 PCA subscribers to that e-newsletter, so folks can also stay informed through the newsletter as well as through the Facebook page. Now that the site has been live for, I don't know, a week or so, what kinds of responses, if any, have you been receiving? Uh, all positive so far. Uh, and we're a little surprised by that, but we understand too that most people at this point are finding out about it through the ad on World Magazine, and World just started distribution of the magazine uh, a week ago. They have another week to 10 days of distribution, and uh, I, I expect that we'll get some blowback at some point. I think, though, that uh, negative responses to the website are difficult, and we actually uh, intended uh, 
to provide a lot of substance rather than just opinion on the website. So blowback is difficult because there's so much documentation on the website. So people aren't just having to respond to an opinion that we're offering, but they have to respond to the documentation as well. So I think that's going to uh, maybe slow down um, negative responses to the website, but we fully expect to have um, to have that. It's a very uh, thoroughly um, populated site in terms of content. There is a lot on there, and I've only just begun to scratch the surface myself and digging through. And I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting a handle on on all the resources that you have, especially as I commend it to others myself. And and I was pleasantly surprised to see my name on there a couple times. Uh, you found a couple things I wrote useful, and um, that's always an encouragement. Uh, to anybody and seeing a lot of Sinclair Ferguson on there and he's always dynamite uh, for the theological foundations of some of these issues and, uh, and, and many other faithful men. Charlie, pivoting back to you, can you share with our listeners about the recently launched More at GA campaign? I think you all launched it even just this month and beginning with what exactly is it? Well, it's a it's a campaign to really increase our uh, or the presence of ruling elders at uh, GA in a, in a more focused and intense way uh, for the next General Assembly, uh, which is going to be in St. Louis. Uh, we're hoping to get 100 uh, ruling elders um, to General Assembly that wouldn't otherwise be able to go, uh, especially those who haven't been or whose churches haven't sent a ruling elder uh, beforehand. And of course, we're looking to raise the money uh, to do that. So uh, uh, for St. Louis, it means bringing 100 additional ruling elders to General Assembly. So understanding that it's part fundraising campaign and then also part application cycle, uh, you told us your goal is 100 more ruling elders. What are your goals in terms of dollar amount and application number? Are you hoping to get just 100 applications or more than that uh, since you have a vetting process and everything else that's going on? Yeah, uh, in terms of fund fundraising, we're probably going to need about $100,000 uh, to pull this off at uh, St. Louis. And in terms of uh, applications, uh, we, we'd love to have a choice. Uh, as as I mentioned, we're, we're trying to focus on uh, bringing these unheard churches to General Assembly. So um, we're seeking to get uh, far more than, than 100 applications so that we can really uh, focus on the most deserving um, uh, churches and uh, ruling elders uh, who who are just not heard at General Assembly uh, these days. And, and that tends to be, I, I think, uh, folks who are a, a little closer to uh, the standards uh, than, um, than you often hear from the floor of General Assembly. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Um, and I have a follow-up question on, on that and, and, and the selection of ruling elders in your vetting process. But before I get there, what kinds of deadlines are you working with? Uh, when, when are you hoping to have that at least $100,000 in the bank? And, and, and what, what is the application deadline for guys? Uh, we are hoping to get our, our uh, fundraising uh, pulled together by the end of February uh, so that we can make, uh, make adequate plans uh, to get our folks there. And um, for, for 
applications. Uh, this uh, application is going to be up soon on our website at moreinthepca.org. Um, it may be up by the time uh, this podcast is published, um, but we're going to be taking applications as soon as it goes up and uh, going to be encouraging uh, men to get them in um, basically through February as well. Um, and as I said, we'd probably be making rolling decisions uh, as we go along, uh, sort of the sort of the way a college does. But uh, we'll probably be finalizing everything um, by April, um, just because uh, people need to be able to uh, have their travel plans set. And they need to have their commissioner registration in by a certain time, too, uh, in the year. And I think a lot of the committee assignments and nominations go through usually in the fall meeting of different presbyteries. And so if you're listening to this podcast now and you're wondering, you know, how do I get on a committee? Um, you know, what is a committee? What do they do? Um, reach out to more in the PCA for questions or talk to your teaching elder or, or um, your, cl- your stated clerk of your presbytery. And if you're a ruling elder listening to this who hasn't been to GA in a long time or ever, uh, I'd seriously... Uh, urge you to consider going if your church doesn't already have those spots spoken for by other men on the session. And moreinthepca.org is a helpful uh, clearinghouse of some information, but also a helpful resource for reaching out to men who are working on getting you there and helping you to get there. Um, Charlie, what would you what would you do for the guy who's been going to GA, you know, faithfully, doesn't necessarily need financial support, but hey, we could all use a little bit of extra money. Is this campaign for him or is this for somebody else? It's it's mostly for somebody who's who's never been or for whose church has has never sent a ruling elder. Uh, we're we're definitely going to be uh, more inclined to help out someone who's managed to get a committee appointment because because a ruling elder on a committee is going to be even more influential than than um than someone just sitting in on the floor of general assembly um but you know if you were to think of it in demographic terms um the pca is filled with a great many churches with fewer than 200 people uh with uh, budgets that can't send um a ruling elder to a uh, general assembly this is this is about a fifteen hundred dollar proposition in a good year um for a ruling elder and and uh this the <laughs> i don't want to say it's a sad fact but the fact of the matter is um most churches are going to send the teaching elder before they send the ruling elder and um that is what it is i i think people would uh, would argue that that's really not the way the bco uh sets out how the funding should work, but we're not really Presbyterian if there isn't a real parity of ruling elders and teaching elders in the churches of the, or in the courts of the church. Uh, so um, it's these churches uh, that are um, being deprived of a ruling elder vote in general assembly most frequently. So, so that's, that's the folks that we're especially interested in helping out. So if I can sum this up and and package it neatly in a way that's easy to understand, you're encouraging guys or you're looking for guys who wouldn't go to GA otherwise, essentially. Mm -hmm. 
those guys who need this extra encouragement and churches that need this extra financial support in order to get their guys there. That that's really who you're focusing on. Yes, absolutely. Um, that this uh, we want to make the Presbyterian Church in America more Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah, and 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 to clarify, this is a distinctive of particularly um, the American Presbyterian tradition in the Southern states. Uh, out of which the PCA uh, grows, where we emphasize this parity between teaching and ruling elders because we believe they occupy the same office and they perform the same function in uh, in the courts of the church, in the session, in the um, in the presbytery, in the general assembly. Dr. Piper and I had a good conversation about this uh, just this week on our faith and practice segment of the podcast, where somebody asked, an ARP minister asked about. Uh, the difference between the two and three office views and the ramifications of that. And in the PCA, where we have a two office view, elders and deacons, um, we do emphasize the parity of ruling and teaching elders. And our presbyteries and general assembly should reflect that just in the composition of the courts. Our sessions mm-hmm. won't reflect that because in every session I know anyway, there are uh, way more ruling elders and teaching elders. And so we don't expect that in Presbyterian GA. But we do hope for and aim for uh, at least something approximating equal numbers, uh, and, and our BCO lays out how that's supposed to work in terms of um, you know limits on number of ruling elders and and no limits on teaching elders because it's expecting you'd have more ruling elders wanting to go. Well, things seem to have been turned on their head in the PCA for one reason or another. I'll stop pontificating on that score, but Charlie. Now that you've laid out the mechanics of this so helpful, very encouraging, I'm excited for this work. I hope all the money and more comes in, not just for the 48th GA, but for the 49th and 50th and so on. Uh, But in a few words, what do you take to be the most pressing issues facing the Presbyterian Church in America today? And what are going to be the major issues at General Assembly in St. Louis? Well, I think it's the issues that uh, the Firm Foundation Partnership has focused on in its website. There's there's a movement uh, within the denomination um, that is uh, very responsive to uh, the culture outside and um, is uh, seems in many cases to um, follow it rather than lead it in in the direction it needs to be led, um, and to put. To be more specific, um, it, there's a lot of problems coming out of out of Revoice. Um, the uh, Revoice theology, the the perspectives on 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 uh, human sexuality and what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable, um, has uh, has caused a lot of concern and a lot of problems uh, and. We are still working our way through this, and um, any changes that are made, I I don't believe uh, people are understand the the implications of 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 those changes. Uh, so, uh, as long as as we're not consumed with a giant mask debate in St. Louis, I, I think that that uh, that's going to be uh, a big concern, and there there are other concerns as well. Um, uh, ones that are that are pretty close to more in the PCA's heart, having to do with uh, the, the role ruling elders play at General Assembly and whether they should 
um, face the same financial hurdles that teaching elders face and, and all that. And those overtures are, are coming down the pike as well. But I think of the greatest, broadest concern uh, that every uh, PCA congregant needs to know about is uh, what Revoice is doing uh, to our denomination. Now, I think that, and this is my own personal opinion here, I think that the, the study committee report on human sexuality was was quite fine and, and did a great job of addressing this, but I agree with you that just because we now have this excellent resource produced by luminaries in the denomination that will be presented to the 48th GA, just because we have that doesn't mean that there's nothing else to be done now. We need to continue pressing into this issue because it, it really has made inroads in at least certain quarters of our denomination. And it, it's concerning whenever it seems as though brothers, good brothers, are providing cover for it. And I think we need to, uh, to very clearly set out, as you've said, an opposition to uh, this, um, what I would call deformed spirituality, revoiced spirituality that's been, uh, that's been plaguing our denomination now for a couple of years. Uh, Bruce, would you add anything to what Charlie has said regarding the PCA and the upcoming 48th General Assembly in particular to be held next year in St. Louis? With regards to PCA congregants, I think we need probably their participation on three levels uh, and maybe more, but something that we haven't mentioned yet is their prayer support. I think this is probably the most important way that they can participate. And, and this is very necessary for our success, however we want to define that, not just at General Assembly, but also uh, in our efforts at the PC, in the PCA at large. Uh, prayer meetings, personal prayer times, whatever prayer support we can get would be greatly appreciated. And I know Charlie would echo that as well. Also, the PCA has a built-in network of people. Most congregants and most congregations are connected, either they're related to or they're friends with PCA congregants and other churches. And I think it's really important that we light up this built-in network in the PCA so that people who are not informed can be contacted and understand the importance of what Firm Foundation Partnership is doing and what more is doing with regards to preparing and uh, acting at General Assembly. So I would encourage people who hear this, whether they're in leadership or their congregants, their pew sitters, that they contact their friends and their family and other PCA churches and direct them to, uh, to our website and to Moore's website, which is also linked from our website. And then financial support. Certainly this is a focus of Moore and Charlie has addressed that. It's also uh, something that's needed at Firm Foundation Partnership as well. We can use help in, in those areas. That prepares us for General Assembly uh, where we hope to be active, and uh, it, helps, uh, it helps us in other ways as well. So I think those three things, in addition to what Charlie's already said, are very important. Thank you, Bruce. And I'll pitch this next question to you first, but get ready, Charlie, because I'm going to circle back to you. Bruce, you've already opened up for us very broadly, very generally, some of the resources that are available at firmfoundationpartnership.com. 
And I even gave a, a shameless plug of, <laughs> of the website based on the fact that you have an article or two up there from me. But what additional resources might you suggest outside of firmfoundationpartnership.com? I want to reiterate that on Firm Foundation Partnership, when, when congregants and others are talking with others, there's a tremendous amount of documentation there. So it's not just about sharing opinion about uh, where the PCA is and where the PCA ought to be. It's actually about sharing documentation with other folks as well. The documentation is extremely important. And from the beginning of FFP, we decided that we were not going to say anything that we could not document. In addition, there's critique on there. These are complex issues, most of them. And we've tried to write critique that's very plain and simple, straightforward, that's easy to understand. To understand we want people to use this critique as well. There's also direction on what to do, how to act, how to deal with pastors and ruling elders, ask them questions, and what recourse congregants have in the PCA with regards to addressing ruling elders and teaching elders. That's laid out in the website. They can be well informed, they can understand their critique, they can have the documentation in hand, but if they do not do something, we haven't accomplished and won't accomplish what needs to be accomplished in order to reform the denomination. And then I'd encourage them to contact us with questions. We've already mentioned that. Contact information is on every page of the website at the top and at the bottom. Additional resources, uh, I can't emphasize the importance of more in the PCA. This brings people in to General Assembly who have a vote and can put, for want of better language, pressure on for change from the top while we are working uh, from the bottom up. So that's another resource uh, that we've, that Charlie's talked about, that you've talked about, and I want to reemphasize at this point. Also, we have a link to another website on our website. It's called PCA Protest. And someone we know and love and trust made this website. And there are action items on that website that are in addition to the action items that are on the FFP website. So I would recommend that people go to that website, be informed about that protest, and, uh, and look at those action items. Very important. Bruce is being very kind. Uh, I, I created the PCAProtest.com website um, about two and a half, three weeks ago. And my intended audience is a little bit different than Bruce's. It's more in line with Charlie's, maybe a bit more broad than Charlie's. My intended audience is made up of elders in the PCA. And those action items are are really meant specifically for them, but you know, a, a layman could certainly engage with, with what's present there as well, particularly the first action item, which as Bruce said, is the most important one, and that is to pray for the peace, purity, and uh, prosperity of the PCA and all of our Reformed and confessional uh, Presbyterian denominations. Anyway, Bruce, you can continue. I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, I think I'm, I'm finished there. I did want to mention GRN, Gospel Reformation Network, and the tremendous resources they have on their website as well. They've yeah. been very uh, helpful for us, and you'll find uh, many of their articles also on our website. But I think they're a great resource. 
Thank you, Bruce. Charlie, would you add anything else to that rundown of resources that are out there and available for folks who are interested in these matters? All I would add is that uh, the other people sitting next to you in your own congregation are a great resource as well. Um, and tying back into what uh, you were saying earlier, Zach, um, this denomination was formed uh, through the actions of uh, ruling elders. Uh, that when uh, Ruling elders helped create the PCA out of the PCUS. Um, it wouldn't really have happened without them. Um, it, you know, it wouldn't have happened without the other, uh, without the teaching elders and, and some laymen as well. Uh, but all of these factors um, came together to create the PCA. And these first PCA General Assemblies had a parity of ruling elders. It was about one to one ruling elders to teaching elders. And so we've always been a grassroots uh, denomination, or we've always been intended to be a grassroots denomination. And <clears throat> we've seen this cycle in, in church history is not just in Presbyterian churches, but in every other kind of church that uh, there's a, there's a, a lurch towards the culture. And um, the, the churches that are successful in maintaining confessional standards have a, have a counter movement uh, in reaction to that. And, um, those most successful ones are the grassroots. So, uh, I recommend that people talk to each other about denominational matters. And, uh, if you're concerned, um, uh, talk to other people in your church, especially talk to your elders, um, because, uh, they are your representatives at, uh, the higher, uh, Church, uh, courts of the church in the sessions and the presbyteries and the general assembly uh, who can make uh, official pronouncements and official action. You know, Zach mentioned the, um, the ad interim report on uh, sexuality, which was uh, a solid and encouraging document. Uh, but we're seeing in the PCA today and in um, every other church that's run off the rails that uh, often this begins with a difference between what is said and what is done. So um, we, we need to make sure that there's follow through on, on the good things that are said. And uh, that's, uh, that's why I would encourage people to, uh, you know, you can't just uh, set it and forget it. You know, think of Presbytery or General Assembly as a, as a crockpot or something, and everything's going to turn out all right. Um, you got to pay attention. That's a very helpful reminder that we must be engaged. Uh, Rick Phillips has an excellent book uh, containing sermons of his called Turning Back the Darkness, and it's a book dedicated to laying out a biblical vision of Reformation. And one of the points he makes that has always stuck with me is, in that book is that you must, in every generation— fight actively for the truth and stand actively for the truth. And of course, we strike a balance. We're not merely reacting and fighting against bad things, but we are promoting and celebrating and rejoicing in good things. And, um, you know, I've, tr I've, yeah, I've tried to strike that balance in, in, on this podcast and in other ways that I communicate to different audiences. I've not always been successful. Uh, we all tend to be unbalanced one way or the other, but I think it's important not to neglect either of those uh, two sides of the same coin of promoting and celebrating in the good, but also taking a polemical stand when needed and standing against and fighting against pushing back against the darkness of evil wherever it may be found and wherever it may be encroaching upon the good. And, um, and one last note, I think, um, for both 
Firm Foundation Partnership Moore and the PCA, it's clear to me anyway that their desire is not, is emphatically not, to set lay people or ruling elders against teaching elders, but rather to see lay people and ruling elders come alongside of the teaching elders in this denomination to pursue the peace and purity of the church. Amen. Am I right in saying that? Amen again. Absolutely. Very good. Well, brothers, I really appreciate your time. Do either of you have any closing thoughts before I let you go? I think we covered it all pretty well, Zach. Thanks so much for having us on. Appreciate it, Zach. Oh, it was a great pleasure. Thank you, men, for your time, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. To help ensure that we can continue to produce content from a Reformed and confessional Presbyterian perspective, please consider making a gift of support in any amount at gpts.edu donate. For more information about Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary, please visit gpts.edu.